0: Hi, this is George Denho.
1: And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5x2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We
0: hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior.
1: For this episode, we're going to be reviewing the 5x2, and we welcome back Julie Dietrich. So Julie was uh, co-host with us during our Truth and Grace series. And so Julie, thank you again for coming back. It's
0: good
2: to be here. Thanks for having me back.
0: Well, we always love to have you because you keep us honest.
2: Aw. So...
0: As we have been talking through a lot of different things in the last couple of episodes, we thought it might be a great time to review the 5x2, the podcast is named after. And since Julie was such a gracious guest host, we thought that she could give her insight into mm. each one of these things.
2: You better tee well, up for me. We're
0: going to put you on the spot, Julie, because uh, Dustin loves to put me on the spot when I put other people on the spot. So I know it's coming back around to me also. Hey, so as we go through 5x2, uh, one of the things... Things that we probably should just remind everybody we are looking at how do we build a lifelong discipleship process at St. Peter's and this has been something we've been discussing for several years Dustin and I have been working on it for the last couple of years and then Adam became the head of our team and when we called him as a pastor so in the different approaches to adult discipleship, one of the things that we came up with, which was a good handle to get a hold of it, was the idea of a five-by-two approach. And that
1: five-by-two is five spiritual disciplines in two areas of our life. Can you just give the background a look? Because this is a cool story about how, George, how you came up with yeah, the, the five-by-two. Right. Can you kind of share that, that?
0: Well, that's great. Thanks, Dustin. We went through a lot of different, trying to find a model, trying to find a, a visual picture, and we talked about a highway with an on-ramp, and we talked about chairs, and we talked about bay But as we were going through this, uh, one of our readings was the story of the feeding of the 5,000. And as I read about the boy with five loaves and two fish, it kind of just kind of hit me that boy brought what little he had, which didn't seem like much for feeding 5,000. And yet Jesus, by blessing it, spread that to feed all those and still have leftovers and so a lot of times in our lives we go oh i'm not enough jesus i i I don't i can't do your work but he gives us those things in our lives those things that may seem small to us But with his blessing, he could use them to benefit a lot of people. And so five loaves, two fish, we kind of said, hey, we've been talking about these different aspects of discipleship, these different disciplines, and we've been talking about how we use those in different parts of our lives, and we came up with the five-by-two approach to discipleship. So the five disciplines would be worship, prayer, scripture, blessing others, meaningful conversations and the two areas that we would participate in those disciplines would be in in our family and immediate circles of those who support us and out in the larger congregation and then into the world and so as we're gonna go through these with Julie we're gonna just have kind of a little discussion of between the three of us about how those things have applied in our lives where we've been blessed by those how God has grown us through those things so uh, let's start with the discipline well,
2: first of all thanks for that story because I've heard Dustin reference the five by two multiple Times, but I've never heard where that actually originated from. So that's very helpful to know that.
0: Those are the kind of things we assume you know, people are on staff, they've heard it, but we know that new listeners, new people on staff, people on staff that weren't in part of the discussion probably aren't aware of that. So this isn't necessarily where we're going to land forever. I know that as we have a new lead pastor and as our pastor discuss things, that we'll have tweaks of different this and that. But for right now, I think it's a great way, especially for us in this podcast to kind of bring it home to people. So we're going to do that right now. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. So let's start with worship. And, you know, worship is a big topic now. We're not going to talk about any of the worship changes that could be coming in the future here at St. Peter's. But let's just talk worship in general. A lot of people, when the word worship comes up, the first thing they think about is just Sunday morning. But worship is a ton more than that. It encompasses a lot of different things. Julie, if I say worship to you, what is it that you think of?
2: Sunday morning. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) I'm joking. No, I think it's just where you feel connected to God, where you feel like you can connect and also hear from him. So it could be, like you said, a million different places. It doesn't just have to be in church.
1: Dustin, what do you you want to add to that? Yeah, I think just viewing every part of the day is an opportunity to worship God no matter what you're doing. But like Julie said, find those ways where you can connect. I mean, honestly, like during college, basketball was big in my life. And so I love just being in an empty gym, shooting hoops and having music, having headphones on and listening to Christian music and just kind of using that time to pray and, and connect. Yeah, that was just always a fun time for me. Whereas, like I said, just that empty gym and spending time with God. So I think each person can be a little bit different. And obviously, you know, when we talk about worship. It also is Sunday morning, like like George said, but it also is, is bigger than that. So, George, what about you? Well, the
0: interesting thing for me about worship is again, it has so many different takes, different ideas, different perspectives. Really, when you think about most of the worship things that we mentioned, there are other aspects of our five by two involved. If you talk about a formalized weekend, I'm not going to say Sunday because there's people here that worship at different times during the weekend. Our worship services, the corporate worship services, include prayer, mm-hmm. and they include scripture. And there's usually some kind of blessing others as we greet each other or as we receive the sacrament or as we receive the forgiveness of sins. We were blessed by God uh, with those sacraments. We're blessing each other with our presence. And, of course, those meaningful conversations that happen as we you know, check in our brothers and sisters. And that's really, ultimately, if you think about what we like with a corporate worship service, it's like a family reunion. Hmm. You know, it's not just come here, get your hour done, walk out of here, but it's to come and see your brothers and sisters, to see what's going on in their lives, have those meaningful conversations and support them and their faith walk, maybe challenge some of them. It's limited because it's such a large group, and that's where we would say the connect groups become so important, or even the next step farther, the discipleship groups, where you actually get to know people really well and you spend longer periods of time. But like for me, worship, if you want to go with the formal definition, God comes to us and we respond. And so a lot of times it's not just about me lifting up my praise. It's not just about me focusing on God, but God is really bringing gifts to me. I love our Lutheran worship service, whether it's contemporary or traditional, because every week I have that verbal announcement that my sins are forgiven. You know, I know that. In the back of my head, I know that. But in that worship service, I get that announced to me. And then I love to hear the different pastors as they give a different perspective about how to apply Scripture to my life. But one of the things for me that's the greatest thing, and when I think about worship, it's people that love Jesus lifting up their voices. I love to sing, but I'm not that great unless somebody's singing next to me that does it well, and then I can do okay. And I just love to sing and Like this last weekend when we had the All Saints, all the great classic songs, and like sometimes you have a hard time getting through them because of the emotions that are surrounding them. But there's just something... I've got that time, you know, like Dustin, you said when you went into the gym by yourself. You know, there's those times I worship God by myself, but I'm usually not singing. I am maybe listening to music, but I'm not singing. But when I'm with God's people, man, it's a great time to sing. Mm. And Julie, you've got some singing ability. I'm, I'm trying. And
2: you... I'm trying. But my commute to work is about 12 minutes, how I hit stoplights. But I mean, for the minute I get in, I've got Caleb on or the, the bridge, and I'm having my own little worship service, just singing and just trying to hear what God's message she has for me on my way to work and how I can use that. So, and on my way home too. So yeah, I, I love that.
0: There's another definition of worship that it's worthyship. It's showing God that he's worthy of all of our lives. I think one of the problems that a lot of people have today is they want worship to be exactly what they want it to be. Mm-hmm. And so if it didn't bless me or it didn't hit me, maybe it's because you're not working at it. If I'm showing God he's worthy, worship ought to be work. Again, I understand there's sometimes when you've been beaten down during the week and you just come in and feel tired. You can also rest in the arms of God and, and you receive that comfort and reassurance that he's with you. And But there ought to be something that you put into it.
2: Mm. Well, I was just looking at the next on the five by two is prayer. And I remember as a little girl, I visibly saw people like stop before they got into the pew at church and lower their head and say a prayer. And I always thought, well, what are they saying? What are they doing? But actually, that is one thing we can be doing. We can ask God to clear our minds. We can ask God to help us to hear what he wants us to hear and to focus us. So just combining the next one on the list, that is something that probably we should be starting every service with. But it's hard because we get there and there's people we want to see and there's conversations to be had. But what ranks highest is probably inviting God. Well, he's there. We don't have to invite him, but inviting God to be at the center of it
0: inviting him to remind us. That he's there. Yes, yes, yes. Well, well, in that same aspect, you know, there's a lot of times if you start to drift in worship, asking a prayer that God bring me back into focus here, or God help me to hear what you want me to hear here. I'm, I'm not that excited about sitting here, whatever's going on here, but bring me that excitement, help me to hear your voice. I think another aspect of prayer within a corporate worship service, I think of that a lot of people think is so boring is those congregational prayers. Mm. We can break them up however you want to, you know, you're mercy lord hear our prayer but that really changed for me when i really started to listen for the names you know and i know a lot of people are Saint peter's and and you may not know all those names but the one thing you can do is those names are being repeated is actually repeat that name and say god heal this person or god comfort this person to try to participate in the prayers while the pastor's saying them out loud you can repeat those same petitions to yourself
2: one thing that i do because sometimes the Lord's Prayer and the creeds can often become re- repetitive and mm. we kind of lose track. So I have like these motions that I go through in my head when I say the Lord's Prayer, I kind of act it out. I don't actually do the motions because I don't want to draw attention to myself, but I do, I do these actions. It keeps me with the words and keeps me with the meaning. So we do what we have to do, right? I don't have the creeds down yet, but I am yeah. <laughs> probably might need to work on that.
0: That must be your elementary grade school yes, thing where is. you got to do the motions with it. For me, yeah. motions... Are distracting, but, like, there again, do the thing that helps you to focus. I know that when I teach first communion classes and the kids ask me, well, what do we do when we come up to the communion rail? And I said, do something that's going to help you think about Jesus. Jesus is coming to you with a special gift, his body and blood, bringing in the forgiveness of sins. What would you do if it was him giving you that? Mm -hmm. Instead of the pastor, what if it was Jesus handing to you? What would you say? What would you do? And do those kind of things because it is Jesus coming to you. And how would you show Jesus love and respect? The things that we should do in worship are those things that help me to focus, that help me to draw closer to God.
2: One of a friend in a connect group, we were talking about this one of our last meetings, and she said that she takes the wafer and she breaks it before she puts it in her mouth because it's a reminder that Jesus's body was broken for her. So she said she does that every single time. But it's that repetitive nature of something that is a reminder for her at that moment. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah,
0: that's cool. And all those things are great. Again, one of the things that I kind of also bring up is don't do something that's going to distract somebody else, but Mm -hmm. there's plenty of things you can do. I remember a dear man that's now in heaven, Mr. Bearline. when I would give him communion, if you would hand him the element, he would say, as you hand it, thank you, Jesus, out loud. Mm. And to me, that was one of those things that's like, wow, that's like just a reminder, Jesus is giving me this thing. So those kind of small things, if you find that you're drifting in worship, figure out some way to bring yourself back. So let's go into prayer, you know, and again, prayer is one of those things that you can have courses and courses and courses on prayer, and you got a simple definition as talking to God, but everyone's all over the board on what prayer is. And the one thing that really I just need to say, praying harder does not bring you an answer. It's not our effort of how hard I pray that makes God answer. If you think about kids, like the little kids, the more they ask— If I ask more times, now God does say to ask and it will be given to us, but it's not how hard I pray. It's God in his wisdom answering my prayers, not because I prayed harder, but because he knows it's what is best for me.
1: Well, and just to clarify there, God answers all prayers, right? It's getting the answer that we want, right?
0: Thank you, Justin. Yes, exactly. That's a, a perfect.
1: God will answer the prayer in the way that's best for me as I pray it. Which could be yes, no, or not yet, and maybe that's not what we want. And I, I think that's what you were kind of saying, right? It yeah. may not be a, the answer that we want, and praying harder doesn't mean it's going to be right. Thanks, thanks
0: for yet. clarifying that. That's perfect. There again, that maybe, that could be, maybe it could be a wait, it could be a not yet, or it could be, I've got a slightly different idea. Mm -hmm. You know, there's three basic answers of prayers, the yes, no, and and the other, right? But so many times I've just realized when I pray for something specific, God give me something more wonderful than I can even imagine. And that's where we're supposed to, we pray in trust, God, here's what I like, but I know that you're going to do what's best for me because you're my father.
1: I think something that I've been trying to think about or work on too for myself is where my heart is as I go into prayer to make sure it's not just like, okay, I'm going to go through this, this, and this, but it's really coming to God humbly of the fact that I can even come to you in prayer, like how amazing and awesome that is. And so just making sure I'm coming into it with the right heart or right mindset to make sure, okay, that I'm not just going through some sort of checklist, that it's coming with that humble heart focused on God and how amazing it is that I can even come to God in this time of prayer. That, That usually helps me think about as I'm praying through it, that it doesn't become Going through motions or kind of repetitive thing. God, this is amazing that I can even come to you and present these prayer requests to you. I'm going to trust you with whatever the answer may be. Like, give me the strength, give me the power to be able to do that. So, that's something that's just been kind of my heart lately.
2: And prayer is just a conversation with God, right? It doesn't have to be anything specific, big words, whatever. I think we get caught up on that. So I just view it as just a friend who's right there to listen to whenever I find myself just kinda whisper praying all day long. Not all day long, but you know what I'm saying. But Off and like, on all yeah, day long, yeah, right. I just it's just this kinda like interspersed, very short, sporadic just talking to him. And I don't know, that's kinda how my day goes. Kind I mean, the, I get busy, don't get me wrong, but that's how I view it as a conversation. Kind
1: of that inner dialogue. Yeah. Instead of almost talking to yourself, you're talking to yes, God kind of thing. yeah. And I don't know, is that, like, does everybody have that inner dialogue, or is that, I feel like I've seen somewhere that some people don't. You're talking to yourself kind yeah. of in your head. I don't know, I talk to myself out loud. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> and sings.
2: <laughs> that's a whole nother episode. But, you know, when something happens and you just say, thank you, God, out loud, because you are aware. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's just in daily conversation.
0: Or just that short whispered prayer. I know one of the things that whenever I preach or teach, it's always the first thing is, as I'm walking up to a podium, Mm. your word's not mine. Your word's not mine. Mm -hmm. Your word's not mine. It's a prayer, but it's not like you think, you know, with all the fancy words, but I, I am talking to God. I'm sure that's the same thing you're talking about. You're sitting at your desk and you're typing something up, but in your mind you're saying, God, you know, guide my hands. God, you yeah. know, use this to bless the. the or the world. phone
2: rings and I just say that quick prayer. Actually, when I sat down here with you two, I just said a quick prayer in my head. My words, not yours. Just like you said, yeah. George, yeah. it's simple, but God knows what we mean. Right. He knows.
1: As we transition into uh, talking about scripture, that's something that I've been also doing is trying to make sure before I read scripture, praying, kind of like what mm -hmm. you're just saying right there, Julia. All right, God, open my eyes. Help me to learn whatever you want me to from the scripture. Or sometimes it's almost vice versa. Like I don't even know what to pray right now. I might read some scripture to kind of all right god what can i pray from this scripture so i just wanted to kind of bring that in as we kind of transition into talking about scripture next
0: i was going to bring a a similar transition about scripture and prayer and with your comment about this conversation when you read the psalms a lot of those psalms are just david talking to god and just pouring out his heart and you know like you look at someone you go man that's kind of raw i mean the emotions are raw and yet it's ultimately that whole thing. David knew that God wanted to hear from him. You know, I, I think about Julie, you and I sit down with our grandkids and we just want to hear everything, mm-hmm. right? We just want to hear them tell it because we just take pleasure in being with them and hearing their little voices and, mm-hmm. and have them sit on your lap. And if you kind of get that picture that God wants to hear from us, he knows it, but he still wants to hear it from our sure. mouths because we're precious to him. And so we don't have to get into the, oh, Lord, we beseech thee, and all the fancy, like you said. but Just talk to God. And so Scripture, again, is a great place to start. If you look at how David prayed to God, there's a prayer. Sometimes it had some specific points. Sometimes it had some praise in it. Sometimes it was just, here's how I'm feeling.
2: I love the verse. I don't know where it is. I'm bad about references, but where the Holy Spirit even intercedes for us and he prays for us. I am very strengthened by that, knowing that when I'm not praying, he's still praying for me.
0: And even if we say this, the words the slightly the wrong way, then mm-hmm. he's speaking correctly for us. Let's move on because we've got just a short period of time. It flies when when the three of us are together, we have a great time talking. Blessing others has a lot of different aspects to it. You know, over the years in terms of discipline, I know as we taught confirmation or adult classes, uh, one of the things we talk about is good stewardship, and we usually think about money. But when God asks us to be stewards of the gifts he's given to us, it's so much more than money. And it's not just throwing in a new offering plate, but it's using all the abilities, all the different things he's given to us to serve him, to bless others. And so as we think about blessing others, what are some of the ways that somebody has blessed you? Well, let me ask that because sometimes for me, when I think about blessing others, I need to start with how have I been blessed? Where has something been done for me? You know, So I know like showing up and there's a piece of candy on my desk. You know, That's just somebody didn't even say who it was but they bless me with that gift. Or, you know, you go home and the chore that you were going to do, your spouse has done it for you. And that's just that little tiny blessing. But there's so many times in our lives when we just get so focused on what we have to accomplish, we forget to bless others.
2: Right. We have the idea of doing it, but we don't follow through. That's oftentimes what happens when we get busy. We have all great ideas, but the follow through isn't there. So that's another prayer that God would actually use those ideas because those are coming from him, right? So that we follow through with them. But yeah, we get busy. But I was going to say the same that you said, George, just those unexpected, like, oh my gosh, you thought of me. That is so sweet kind of action that is a blessing. And I appreciate that. I like it. And I like to do that for others.
1: The example that came to mind for me is actually a while ago, but as I've mentioned before on the podcast, my wife Sarah and I were foster parents. And so we were going through a difficult time with just some situations that were going on in our home. And somebody that Sarah is friends with through like a foster group heard about it and found out that, you know, we're okay. We're going through some difficult situations right now. And this person goes to a different church, but got people within her community. They started bringing us meals and for like a week or week and a half and like people that we didn't even even know we're dropping off meals. They're asking, Hey, what can we do to help? And so that was just one way of kind of in columbus the foster care community that we've been able to be a part of just blessed us and we were not expecting it in any way and it's like wow like people that we don't even know were bringing us a meal just to bless us and help walk alongside us through a difficult time so that was just one that stood out to me
0: i think of another one and i'm horrible at it but when people do it for me it just is such a blessing it's just a note an encouragement note just hey i was thinking about you today hope you have a great day just you find one of those or you get one of those in the mail It's just a little bit of sunshine, and somebody just took a little bit of time to bless you. In the back of my mind, I also always think about, we go home, we get done with the day, and we sit down on the couch, and we're just looking forward to just vegging out and taking some free time. But there are hundreds and thousands of people that have a lot of free time. They're sitting around in a nursing home or in a hospital. And if I can encourage everybody to think about how can you bless somebody that's lonely and it may just be that you can do a letter when you've got to the end of your day, or, or maybe you can take some time and actually go over and visit somebody. Let's wrap this up with some meaningful conversation. We've been having that meaningful conversation. And this is where we have really kind of focused with our connect groups is trying to drive the conversation to more than just how was your day, but actually get involved in people's lives and say, what is going on in your life that I can pray for you for? What? How can I help you out? How can I bless you? And they're also meaningful conversations conversation about God's Word. How does these verses apply to you? What are you going to do with it? As you think about meaningful conversations, can you think of a time when you had a meaningful conversation with somebody that really kind of changed your direction? Maybe it lifted you up or set you on a new path? I'm probably asking a question that you guys
1: haven't thought about. So, George, can. I'm a processor man. What are you doing?
2: <laughs> uh, well, when you said that, it's not so much set me on a new path, but sets me on the path I should be on. And I know I mentioned my godmother, my sponsor, Aunt Ruth. If she's listening, hey, Aunt Ruth. But when I talk with her, it's like she recalibrates me and she helps me to kind of just be reminded that I'm a child of God, that I'm loved no matter what. And it's just good to talk with her and reset. So those are the meaningful conversations that I just went to when you put that out there. Of course, there's many others, but that resetting is really purposeful too.
0: There's two that I can think of, Justin, I'll let you keep processing for a minute here. One was early on, I had gone to school, I was going to be a computer programmer, and I'd been a lifelong Lutheran, and I'd gone to Lutheran high school, Lutheran grade school, but I wanted to be a computer programmer. But when you go to Concordia, even no matter what program you're in of study, I was studying to be a computer programmer, you have to take some basic theology classes. And I had a professor in the discussions we had in class pulled me aside after class one time, and he said, hey, Have you ever thought of going into church work? And I never thought about it before that, but then changed my path. And I first was in Lutheran education in a high school setting, and now I'm in Lutheran education in a congregational setting. So that one meaningful conversation he had with me kind of changed my path. Another one, there's a young man that's in one of my D groups that is not a Lutheran. He was a Christian for most of his life. He had a time when he was kind of skeptical, but he said they still had faith. But he'll just say things in a different way. That Then that conversation with him, because he's not coming from the approach, it makes me stop and think and recalibrate, really. It's like, oh, is this what I've always learned? What is it God's really saying? I think those meaningful conversations, when God uses words to get you to think, and there's somebody else's words are going to come across in a different way that you've never thought about. So, Dustin, do you have an example of a meaningful conversation that's really been changing for you?
1: I think maybe not necessarily a, a specific conversation but just more in general of within my discipleship group having a group of guys that i can go to and just be able to talk about things and honestly just be reminded of of the gospel because for me it's easy to fall into i'm not doing enough i'm not good enough i need to be doing more and I can fall into that, that I'm starting to place my trust into my works versus my trust in Jesus. And so having a group of guys where I can go to and say, hey guys, like this I'm struggling with and just be reminded like Dustin is not about you and what you've done. It's about who Jesus is and what he's done for you. And just that reminder of the gospel, because I think sometimes we think the gospel, yes, unbelievers need to hear it. But us as believers, we need to hear it over and over. And like you brought up earlier about Lutheran worship service, that's something I appreciate is being reminded every week of, like you said, forgiveness of sins, being reminded over and over each week of the gospel. Because I think we all need that really every day. We need to be that reminder of Jesus, who he is and what he's done for us. And so really discipleship group, having those meaningful conversations in there has been huge for me.
0: Well, as we start to wrap up, I hope these meaningful conversations that Dustin and I have with our guests, especially our long-term guest host, Julie, have been beneficial for you. Uh, We pray that you continue to keep listening in. Dustin?
1: Julie, thank you again for joining us. Appreciate you coming back for more. So Thanks we, for having me. Yeah, we hope we can have you on again. Hopefully we don't scare you off at some point. But to our listeners, thank you for continuing to listen. And we enjoy having these discipleship conversations and look forward to more in the future. Now go out and serve God and others.